Welcome back, everyone. I'm excited to have you back with me this week. We have a very special episode lined up for you this week. We're talking to David Hayes, producer at 104.3 ESPN Northwest Florida. We had him on the show last year. It was a great interview, and I figured, man, it would be great to have him back this year to get his perspective on the Atlanta Braves, especially now that they're surging in the right direction and winning games. So I wanted to bring him on the show, and he was gracious enough to come on. I hope you all enjoyed this interview as much as I did. With that, let's get started. If you guys do not remember him from last year, David Hayes is the producer of the Coach James Hale Show and the Coach's Daughter Show on 104.3 ESPN Northwest Florida on the radio. You can find it on the radio. You can find it on iHeartRadio app. You can find it on the ESPN Northwest Florida app anywhere you listen to the radio. They also stream their shows live on Facebook and YouTube where you can comment live and get in part of the conversation, which is always a blast. They have me on the show about once a week, and I enjoy every second of it. And so you guys should jump on the show, ask me questions, ask them questions. It's always a good time. So I wanted to have him come on the show because he's always the one interviewing me, so I figured it sure would be fun to flip the script a bit and me be the one interviewing him and get to know him a little bit better. So I really appreciate you, David, for coming on to the show. This interview was fantastic. I enjoyed every minute of it. I'm so thankful for you, and I'm so thankful that you took time out of your day to come talk Braves with me. So let's take a little break, and then we'll jump right into the interview. Let's face it, we all say how busy we are. There aren't enough hours in a day. We just need a break from the constant madness that plagues our lives. Well, I've got great news for you. This is Micro Break, a podcast for humans with the attention span of a goldfish, where I share my thoughts, wisdom, and humor on a wide range of topics, including the 80s, 90s, current affairs, and more. Do you deserve a break today? Of course you do. Take a micro break from the madness with me. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join the show again this year. It's always a blast whenever I get the pleasure of being on the Coach's Daughter Show on ESPN Northwest Florida. Normally, you're interviewing me. And so I'm really excited to flip the script and interview you. I'm excited about that, man. I, I'm honored to be able to come onto the show with you. Uh, it's an honor every time we get the pleasure, the opportunity really to have you and just the amount of knowledge and people love having you on the radio, you know, so it's always great having you on. And it's, it's great to be here and having the, the script flipped a little bit and be able to get interviewed. That doesn't happen a lot with me. So let's go. <laughs> awesome. I appreciate the kind words. And yeah, I truly do enjoy every second I get to go on there. And it's a lot of fun. Let's learn more about what you do at ESPN Northwest Florida. Last time you came on the show, we talked a little bit about what a producer does but uh, do you say that there's some challenges involved or like what's your biggest challenge in that job? Because it can't be easy. Uh, there's a lot of challenges that come with it. Uh, you never know. <sighs> Each day could be a different type of a show. You know, uh, you go from having guests to some days it's going to be all segments without guests. And especially with the crew that we have, you know, Leanne's got, health problems and stuff and so sometimes or she's got a lot going on with her business so sometimes she can't make it and then boston tim with his schedule so just playing that every single day you know what i mean knowing what's it going to be last second that that's a challenge in itself but the biggest challenge bar none is getting guests that that's the toughest thing you do have the public relations because we're you know i'm blessed enough to work at a radio station that has espn in front of it so you do get those opportunities but what I do 
is sit on Twitter and go through it and, and message people and, and leave them um, stuff on their wall or comments on certain things and, and just hope that they message back. So that's really <laughs> the toughest thing about it is landing guests. Um, also, you know, I've, I've been doing clocks as well, which is setting up what a what the radio is going to be running the day that it's supposed to be running and how the log is going to work out. And so that's been a new challenge for me to learn. And it also adds more to the plate um, with producing two shows and running clocks and also kind of doing damage control along the way as well. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into it and it's hard to pinpoint one thing, but I still think that the hardest thing for me, Oh, and also curating a show for what the people want. You know what I mean? Because it's important to be having a show that you're having fun with, but to try to nail what it is that people want to hear. I mean, that's the toughest thing because you're always going back and forth about it. Is it college football that, you know, and then some hot stuff will become breaking news. But sometimes the people necessarily that you're talking to aren't as interested in that. So kind of bouncing back and forth between that has always been uh something that I'm still learning and will be learning about every single day. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I mean, uh, breaking news comes out and you have to change the whole show basically. Yeah. And I mean, um, I don't, fortunately with the podcast, I can kind of do it, you know, week, two weeks, three weeks ahead of time. You're yeah. stuff the day of, which is challenging. I'm sure. Like for example, uh, Travis Darno being signed by the Braves yesterday, you know, last minute for me, okay, I just scrapped an article and moved on, whatever. If that happened for you, that's it's happening that day. Okay, we've got to change this segment up. Yeah, uh, you got to change the entire uh, segment. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So speaking of that, you have had some honor, awesome interviews. I mean, truly, uh, just a few that come to mind. You had Chip Carey, um, Brad Johnson recently. Who else? Bobby uh, Bowden. Right, right, yep, and and there's been a a ton of big name people that have come on the show this past two years or so. It that's fantastic. First of all, just to get them on the show, that's impressive. But to me, it's got to be nerve wracking to be talking to big name people. Is it? Is it nerve wracking to you, or are you? It, it is nerve wracking. You get butterflies, you know, before every single one. Even the guys like Chip Carey, I've had the pleasure of talking, or the honor, the opportunity to talk to him twice on the show and both times before you're like, you get that feeling like you're about to take your first at bat in a baseball game, you know what I mean? And, and until that, ba or, or before that first ground ball comes to you, you're still, you still got those little nerves, those little butterflies in your stomach. So it's, it's like that every single time. Um, but you kind of come out of that pretty quickly because all of the one, most of the ones that we've ever had have been such nice people. Tim Kirkshin, another one. Um, and, and they just kind of help you come out of the shell as well. And at the end of the day, you, you start to realize most people anyways are just people anyways, and they're just in a different position than you. So that makes it pretty unique as well. Some of the people you haven't met in real life, you know, or I haven't got the opportunities, you know, to like shake their hand or anything. So that also changes it a little bit as far as how you really know a person but um yeah butterflies every single time no <laughs> doubt about it uh doesn't it doesn't even matter if it's a person who's not big to a lot of people you know because they don't follow that particular sport or whatever but like uh the coach of purdue jeff brahm still even with him it's not like oh that's just a purdue coach you know it's a head football coach even the high school football coaches as well you know maybe not as nervous but you always i think what it is is wanting to ask those right questions and trying to nail the interview but when you're talking to the real big name people yeah it, it's a lot of the times are they going to answer the phone? You know what I mean? Because there's there's been a right. couple of times where I've had them lined up and they forget about it or something else pops up. And so I'm calling and they answer and say, hey, I can't do it or something like that. And then you got to go the other way. And you almost, you know, you don't look like a fool, but you feel kind of like, dang it, man. Everybody was expecting this. And I gave them just myself talking for another 10 to 15 minutes. Right. Oh, man, I can't imagine. that. Would, that's rough. Oh. I'm getting nervous just thinking about that for you, to be honest. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, and I, to be honest with you, I'm the same way. Even, um, even though I've come to know you, and I've known you for years, but I get to know you even better recently, just even interviewing you, it, you're right. Like, I can see what you're saying. You want to make sure that you're giving people what they want to hear, and you don't really want to, not only do you want to give people what they want to hear, but I'm thinking like, I don't want the person that came on to the podcast or the show or whatever, I don't feel like, I don't want them to feel like I'm wasting their time you know and so <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's a good point but I, but you're a great interviewer and you think about <laughs> your angles and stuff man i mean I, I love listening to your podcast as well because you're such you're so good at answering or asking questions as well as explaining the statistics and stuff and how they work and that's been one of the biggest things for me is sometimes you'll see these three or four letters and and what what the heck does this really mean and by having you on the show and learning from you and listening to your podcast, we get to learn a lot more about that. And so that, and there's a reason why you're climbing up the charts with this show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I really appreciate it. It's uh, it's definitely an honor to hear you say that. And um, you know, it, it, I'm kind of proud of it. I'd never, you know, I figured with this podcast, it was more of like a me giving back to the community, but Hey, if it wants to climb up the charts and, and people enjoy it, then so be it. It, it kind of gives me a sense of satisfaction. Not that it, that's what it was ever yeah. for in the first place, but it, yeah, it's pretty awesome. And I appreciate you saying that. And I have also noticed with the coach's daughter show, every time I jump on the live feed, there's more and more uh, live viewers, which means that you guys are doing something right. So it's kind of cool to see that. And uh, yeah, you're bringing at least, you're bringing at least like four to five dedicated ones every time that you come on. So as soon as you come off, boom, there they go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should talk to them and be like, Hey, I'm not the only person that comes. No, on. no, no, no. It's cool. It's cool seeing it like that though. You know what I mean? Because it's a promotion. Some of the people that have came or that you've brought on that came from um, being a fan of your podcast. have said, Oh, I like this show. You know what I mean? So it, it is that promotion thing. And not every show is for everybody. And it's cool for you to be able to bring them to our show just for the 15, 10, 15 minutes that it is that you're on. Hey, we're all Braves fans around this way, baby. That's right. Go Braves. So speaking of that, uh, do you have any crazy stories from behind the scenes? Because I never really thought about that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into making a show, especially daily. Is there anything crazy that sticks out that like a crazy story or anything? I don't know about, crazy except for sometimes where we've had people people have been told that they could be on the show at a certain point in time and it was never brought to my attention so i have these other plans going and then last second you got to figure out how to manage it all and even if that's putting everybody on a mic at the same time and trying to split the interviews up and stuff um another thing that's always tough is having you know you're doing the show with three or four people and y'all are worried about the direction that it's going. And then texts are coming in from the brash, you know what I mean? And saying, Oh, we need to go this direction and that. So some, you know, sometimes it's, it's, uh, being behind the scenes. That's a tough part. You know what I mean? Like if you mm -hmm. were to be there on fan Friday and this stuff is going on, it's like, what in the heck? Uh, some crazy stuff has happened before my time being there. And that's someone just <laughs> walking directly out after the uh the first segment of the show they just left and that's when Kyle Wright ended up taking over there well being the co-host with Leanne now we have had stuff that's not necessarily I can't really talk about behind the scenes you know what I mean I, I don't think mm -hmm. that would be fair to the people oh, yeah, yeah, but I attitudes attitudes do flare up sometimes with people um and behind the scenes of setting up a remote and doing the whole entire show <laughs> and then breaking it back down that that is a process in and of itself but we don't do that as much anymore because we've got the cameras in studio so that's beneficial right yeah and in case you guys don't know david not only is the host of co-host of the show but he's also running the social media while he's talking oh, and man, answering yeah. comments on Facebook and YouTube while he's talking and answering text and answering phones and running the board. So it's a lot of stuff. It's more than I could ever do. Uh, you, you could do it. There's no doubt in my mind that you could do it. <laughs> well, it definitely take a lot of practice. That's for sure. Oh man. You know, 
And that's one of the other things is with taking this over, the only training that I really got outside of stuff that I do on the computer um, was running the board. Outside of that, as far as how to set up a show and all that stuff, I kind of took what their model was and then had to learn on my own, you know? And um, so watching other shows and watching and listening to how other people do it is a big help to me as well, because I've and trying to get that show sheet organized and try to keep everyone on task. You know, that that's always been one of those things that, again, just like trying to land guests, I'm learning every single day. Right. I like that. That's a good piece of advice for really almost life in general. Be a sponge. Yes, be a sponge. Yeah, I remember someone telling me that when I was probably, I don't know, 15, 16 years old. And and in the moment, I hated it because it was because I was upset about something. And they're Mm -hmm. like, don't be upset about that. Take that moment as a sponge. And I was like, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) But I still don't want to do it right now. Right, right. Uh, Yeah. So obviously you're a Braves fan. You've already mentioned that, but what's your thoughts on the season so far? I know it's kind of a broad question, but just give me like what comes to the top of your head. If you know, if if we were doing this podcast a month ago, I would say wouldn't have expected this, you know, at the beginning of the season. But when you look at all the injuries that's happened, pitching staff, I mean, it wasn't just one area of offense defense bullpen starting pitcher you know what I mean it wasn't just one area it was kind of all the way around but for the moves that AA has made I would say that where we're at in this point of the season with a little help from the Phillies and the Mets is impressive you know um to get what are we 10 games above 500 right now when we just got to one game over 500 so I would say that that's impressive um Freddie Freeman is a rock, you know, to be able to continue to do what he's doing um, coming off of an MVP season as well. And to have that rocky start and to bounce back like this. Yeah. And at a time that we needed it the most. And then Travis Darno coming back from the injury and kind of jumping right there in the clutch. And then some of these other guys who don't get a great rap, but like Abraham Almonte, who I don't even know how much he's getting, how much playing time he's getting right now in Heredia that have just, kind of not shown up as far as statistically goes but in in some situations when I'm watching the ball game it's like wow if those weren't the guys there how are how are we doing at this point you know so I would say in one word impressive that we're in the position that we're in right now but we still got a month to go a lot of teams on the west over there looking really good oh yeah do you think that they can keep it up or you think this is just kind of luck I do think that they can keep it up because what I've seen, what I'm seeing, especially from the pitching staff, especially from Morton, um, Smiley, Max Freed last night with a 90-pitch shutout, is a little bit more consistency. Now, the bullpen, there's a couple of those guys on there that I feel like are, you know, you put them in there, especially eighth inning and ninth inning, and you give them a two- or three-run cushion, they're a little bit more trustworthy. Um, I, I do think that it's attainable that we do it or that we keep the surge up. But I still wonder what series are going to look like with the Dodgers. With the um, Not as much with the Padres, because I don't think that they're as dangerous, even with getting Tatis Jr. back right now. But um, those Giants, you know, those, those are going to be some really telling series. And if we can, if we can get, you know, a two out of three series with the Dodgers, we win two out of three with the Dodgers and then go lose, you know, two to the Giants if we can go three and three in those situations I do feel like yeah the surge is going to keep is going to continue um and we've also got the Yankees coming up so that's going to be another uh, another test to see how the surge will continue but I do yeah I think that the surge is going to keep on going so more to your point of that with you mentioned all the injuries that happened you know Ronald Acuna Ozuna's out for the season presumably Mike Soroka huge setback to you what would be considered a successful season to this point how far would they have to go for you to tip your cap to them and say yep that was a a successful season if you win the division again with all the with all of the injuries um 
I think that that is going to be a, a, a cursor of success for me. And the reason why I say that is the only way that Atlanta Braves are going to get into the playoffs is by winning their division. Um, they're not going to get in, into a wild card game more than likely with the Dodgers. Well, the Reds have caught up to the Padres, so yeah, I guess there is that chance. But if you win your division, you get into a divisional playoff game and or you get into a divisional playoff series, it really depends on who the team is that we're playing. Now, if we play the Reds and we lose to the Reds in that series, I do got to wonder if you consider that a success. But if you get into a five-game series with the Dodgers or a five-game series with the Giants and you lose to them after the season that they've had from top to bottom and the Dodgers, you know, are dealing with a lot of injuries as well, but they can just plug and play. You know, they're like the, the Patriots or the, well, the Patriots of years before and Alabama football, you know, it's just next man up and they keep on rolling with it. Um, but if we get into a divisional series with the Reds and lose that, I would have to double think or think twice about calling that a success. I think I have to agree with you because I was – I was going to say, yeah, if they win their division, that can that is a success to me because with all the injuries. But that you made such a solid point about the Reds because we look at how well the Braves have done against the National League Central. The National League Central is by far the worst division in the National League, arguably mm-hmm. the worst in Major League. Maybe the American League Central is worse. And the Braves, <laughs> the Braves are 24-12 and 12 against – the National League Central, if they make it to the playoffs with the roster they have now and they play the Reds and end up losing to them, I'm going to be a little sad. I'm not – I probably you're right. I probably would not be like, you know what, successful season, see you next time. A month ago, I probably would be okay with it. But right. But at this point, seeing that the potential that this current roster has, I think I would be a little disappointed. I, I do think that end of the day, what – AA did to get us to this point, regardless if we have a meltdown at some point um, in the playoffs or it's still got to be noted as impressive because he didn't lie down. There was times where it was like, are we going to do nothing at the trade deadline? I never thought that we would be sellers, at least from the conversations that we had, but there did, there was sometimes where it felt like, are we really going to do anything here? And then the move with Jock Peterson kind of, getting the ball rolling and then the other moves and, and Rosario still hasn't touched the field for us, if I'm not mistaken. So we've yet I, to see what he could do. I don't know if you did that on purpose, but you said that Jock Peterson trade got the ball rolling. Well, they traded Bryce ball to the Cubs for Jock Peterson. So that was clever wordplay. If you did that on purpose, <laughs> I did not do <laughs> I did not do that on purpose. Oh man, that is great. So who of those trade acquisitions, which one, and for no particular reason, which one has been the most fun for you? If we're going off of fun, I like Jock Peterson's charisma, I guess, his mannerisms. But if we're going off of no particular reason, who's been the most fun for me to watch? It's been Jorge Soler. The power, the ability to hit four speed, uh, did get thrown out at home plate the other night. But outside of that, I don't know what it is. And there's no particular reason. I don't have one, but I'm going to go Jorge um, Soler. Maybe it's just because that's somewhat of an underdog pick. Yeah, that's really crazy that you said him. Just for the record, I did not ask him what he was going to say here um, prior to this. If I would have to pick, Soler would be my favorite as well. And I don't know why. There's just something about him. Just the fact that I – that trade came out of nowhere. Yeah. And I had – I would have – never would have guessed that trade would have happened. And especially since he's primarily a DH. And, I mean, ultimately his value is with his bat, not with his defense. And the Braves – Defense in the outfield is kind of terrible besides Adam Duvall, but they needed an off – defense was not their issue. Their issue was a consistent, off, consistent offense. And if you bring Soler, and not only has he been excellent since they brought him in, I mean, my gosh, he, he is legitimately a number two hitter versus lefties. But I did not 
realized like how unlucky he had been. It forced me to go dig into the numbers. And when I realized like, wow, the analytics department of the Atlanta Braves is on the next level after making this trade. And so, I don't know, to me that, that, that kind of made that trade stick out to me as, as probably my favorite as well. So that's kind of cool that we said the same thing. And that was one of the last ones, right? I think maybe Richard Rodriguez, uh, the pitcher from the Pirates, was the very last one. But Jorge Soler, because I remember texting you as soon as that one came through and was like, how's this going to work out? You know, what do you think about this guy? And you said you weren't really sure about it and why they would make the move, but he has been hot as of late. So, you know, that's you're my go-to guy when it comes to trades for the Braves, man. I'm trying to – how is this going to be a piece of the puzzle that we need? And you always got a great answer. Well, it definitely forced me to go down the rabbit hole of looking at his numbers because yeah. I was thrown off at first. But, man, what a solid pickup. We talked about it on the podcast already. But when you got a guy with that potential, with a batting average of balls in play of like 125, he's only going to get better. I mean, it, it's just science. So it was that was such a smart, smart move uh, by the front office. So speaking of the numbers and stuff, has your thoughts or thought process of analytics and how it affects baseball or or your if you like them or dislike them, has it shifted at all since the last time we talked on the podcast? I mean, there's no right or wrong answer here. Right. Um, I, I think that has shifted more in the in the direction that I the numbers are gonna, as much as we like to say or old school especially, but um, about seeing the ball and that stuff mattering more. I think in the long run there is a there's a portion of that involved that that is true. But I think that the numbers at the end of the day are going to be some a better guide to get to it and i not only you and the things that you've brought up and and some of the before it actually happened assumption or hypotheticals that you would throw uh what snick could do and then next thing you know three or four weeks later he's actually doing it so there's another and, and it works out there's another piece of proof in the pudding of why that you should trust the numbers and um they are a good thing or a good gauge of what's going on, but also just the Tampa Bay Rays and teams like that and how, you know, little payroll that they have and just continue to do what they do. So, yeah, I think each year I realize more and more that this is a good thing. And I'm, I'm curious to how it, it it's already kind of bleeding over into other sports in the last five or six years for sure. Um, but, you know, baseball is really – in my opinion, starting to really grab onto them and run with them, which is a good thing. Right. And it has, it has changed the game, and maybe the game isn't as fun as it used to be. You don't see as many stolen bases. You don't see as many ABC baseball moves. And, and I think it was Jake from uh, Tomahawk Take that made a really good point. Uh, he said that, you know, the statistics and the analytics are good, but you still really – at the end of the day, need to look at each play individually. And I think that that's kind of where Kevin Cash failed in the postseason last year is that he did the right thing analytically, but the analytics are really more of a gauge of what's to happen in the future, not yeah. necessarily of what's happening right now. And in that situation, sure, the analytics might have said to do this or that in the future, but in that moment – in that individual play, it might have made more sense to do ABC baseball. We don't know for sure because it didn't happen, but it is smart to kind of do a mixture of both. But I think the biggest difference that I like to explain to people is that the stats, that the, the basic stats that you see on a stat sheet are truly are the true outcome numbers of what actually happened. Analytics, most of the time, that's not what you're looking at. You're looking at to see what is the probabilities of something happening in the future. So you can look at a stat sheet, but you have no idea just by basic stats. Okay, was this guy getting lucky? Uh, what ballparks was he playing in that affected it? What pitchers did he bat against? What hitters did he pitch against? You don't really see that kind of stuff. You don't see like 
is there a dip in the way that his arm slot is and that's why this is happening or you know things like that you can't see that in basic statistics mm -hmm. so basic statistics is what actually happened whereas analytics is more like one area that you really want to look at like for example that solar trade you could look at his analytics and say man this guy got really unlucky in the future he's going to be good and the reason that's important is when you make a trade with somebody you're not trading for what the player has done in the past because that's right. not going to help you you're trading for what that player is going to do for you in the future and sure basic stats like how many home runs does he have you can look at that the guy has 500 home runs in his career odds are that he's a legitimate home run hitter you know but i think the the main goal here is they're important i think you said it right i i definitely agree with how you said it it it's good for what it's used for. Analytics is not end-all, be-all. Uh, basic ABC baseball is not end-all, be-all. It's teams like Tampa Bay and the Dodgers that really uh, have got it right. And I think that I'm glad you brought up Tampa Bay because a lot of people give the Dodgers a lot of flack because they spend so much money. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the Dodgers' success, it's not because of the money they spent. It's because how they drafted and it's how they developed their players. They've got guys coming up every single year. It seems like that's an MVP candidate, Corey Seager. You know, he came up right out the gate. He was an MVP candidate. You have guys yeah. like Max Muncy, who was a nobody. He comes over to the Dodgers. All of a sudden he's an MVP candidate. Uh, not so much this year, but Cody Bellinger, they developed him. They didn't draft him early. You know, the list goes on and on and on. Even Jock. Yeah, Jock Peterson, yep. Uh, and they played him like they should have. They played him against the his platoon split, what he was strongest mm -hmm. against, right-handed hitters. They And they had the depth to be able to take Jock, play him at what he was good at, don't put him in situations that he's not good at, and make him successful. And with the Dodgers, the one advantage they do have is they can take their developed players – and fill in the holes with money to win a mm -hmm. championship. Whereas Tampa Bay doesn't have that luxury. But I do think last year, the two best ran organizations in baseball were in the World Series in the Dodgers and the Rays. That's why they were there. They are the best run two that year. They were the two best run organizations in baseball. That's why they were in the World Series. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if those are the two in the World Series again. I, I was about to ask you that as well. Like it's so do you think they repeat is that who, who do you think the two best organizations are to this point in the season? Do the giants get that rap? Are they underrated? Um, the, the giants to me are such an anomaly because in anomaly, every aspect, perfect. in every aspect of, in my opinion, they are overperforming, but they continue to overperform at right. what point. Let's, for example, this is kind of a side bar, but Luke Jackson, his ERA is always below what his peripherals say it should be. But mm -hmm. at, at what he's been doing it for five years. At what point do you say, you know what, maybe his, his peripherals are showing a higher number than what he's actually going to perform with. And uh, maybe that's the case with the Giants this year. They continue to perform. Um, I, I do think that if you look at the odds of who's going to make the World Series, I still would give the edge – to the Dodgers just because of one, their front office and their management, but two, the just the pure depth that they have. Maybe if you take all their best players that are currently not injured right now and put them against all the current best players on the Giants that are not injured right now, maybe the Giants have the edge. But when the season comes to an end, people get healthy. I think I would put probably the Rays versus the Dodgers again. I don't want to see that just because I like seeing something fresh and new every year. Mm. Uh, but it is always kind of cool to see a low payroll team like the Rays make it that far. And to be honest, I did not think they were going to be this good this year after trading away Blake Snell. Um, who else? They traded quite a few people away. And uh, I, I just didn't see that, that. I did not see that happening. But, you know, they, they knew that. It's kind of funny. They trade Blake Snell away, and now Blake Snell's having, like, the worst year of his career. There's something about yeah. the Tampa Bay Rays. Once you leave, you're not as good, and once you go there, you get better. Look at Charlie Morton. Charlie yeah. Morton 
was a league average starter before he went to the race. Now look at him, you know, he's only gotten better with age and uh, yeah, I think those two have the highest probability, but that the reason I'm excited for the Braves is once you get to the playoffs, really anything can happen. And the Atlanta Braves, the one thing they have this year that they didn't have last year was a legitimate rotation. And when you have a rotation, you saw it with the Nationals uh, a few years ago, you don't have to have the league's best offense to win a World Series. But if you mm -hmm. have three legitimate aces, staff that could be a staff ace on any other team in your rotation, you're putting your team in every single ball game. And uh, the Braves, with Max Fried pitching the way he is, the way that Charlie Morton has been pitching, and even, I mean, you could even throw some of the other guys in there. When, when Drew Smiley first came on, he was doing terrible. But, I mean, man, the last few starts have been fantastic. If he's your fifth best starter, you could throw – he dominates when he faces guys in the first – the first time he faces guys, he dominates. Mm -hmm. It's when he makes it to the third time through the rotation. You could throw him in the bullpen. You got Yanoa, who, with that lethal two-pitch combination, that slider, I mean – you put him in, you could even slot him in the bullpen. So not only does the Braves have legitimate rotation, they could take the guys that aren't in the rotation and make this bullpen that has been fantastic since July even better, which just for what it's worth, I did the math, I was running the math today. If you take Josh Tomlin out of the Braves bullpen and just look at the guys that are in the bullpen besides Josh Tomlin, their earned, earned run average since – July 1st is 2.46. People like to complain about the Braves bullpen. I'll take that bullpen in yeah. here. Wow. The but you got to take Josh Tomlin out of there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And and like I said on the show, I think really <laughs> Josh Tomlin will not be on the team for the playoffs. He won't. And really the only reason he pitched in that situation anyways is the Braves were up by nine runs. Might as well see if he made some adjustments, and he obviously didn't. Mm -hmm. So he's not going to be on the team much longer. Uh, I mean, they're only going to get better. What about Tukey? I don't foresee him. I love how this has got turned from going back into the mode of like you're interviewing me <laughs> is on the radio show. But I think that, uh, I think that when the first few starts he had were really exciting because he went against the Padres and just absolutely dominated. But I knew based on, the way he'd been pitching in the minors and looking at his peripherals, that there's no way he was going to keep that up because truly he only pitches two pitches. And that's really hard to be successful long-term as a starting pitcher. But one thing that he has changed is I believe it's his sinker. He, last year he was pitching almost like 90% of the time a fastball and he switched that out with a sinker. And so now he's, he's getting a lot more ground balls. And so that has a lot to do with why he's being more successful this year. I see him more as like a number four starter long-term at his peak. Uh, but I don't foresee him making the rotation in the playoffs, but I can see him being like a possibly a number four or five starter in the rotation for years to come. But with mm. that lethal two pitch, just like, you know, he could be an option in the bullpen, but man, right. if the bullpen keeps pitching like it is right now, Matzik's been light out, lights out. Minter, since he's come back, has been fine. Now he doesn't have to pitch in the eighth inning. Uh, Will Smith, you know, he's been kind of bad lately. But, you know, Richard Rodriguez is showing that maybe uh, he's made adjustments since he hasn't had to use sticky stuff anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's – the bullpen's been great. And to be honest, I think the biggest reason for the Braves being able to have this surge is the fact that they – they trimmed out all the fat of the bullpen. They said, okay, this guy isn't working in the bullpen. They took Nate Jones out, you know. They took Shane Green out. This experiment isn't working. You know, uh, Josh Tomlin's going to be gone soon. They've figured out who really needs to be in the bullpen and who hasn't. And that's how you really win is as the season goes along, you get better. And that's what the Braves have done. Uh, some people say maybe they're peaking too early. Uh, I'm not a huge proponent of that the uh, methodology or, or thinking of the the quote-unquote peak, I think it's more coincidental than anything else. But it will be interesting to see, like you mentioned earlier, the Braves have won 9 of 10, but at the same time, the best team they played in the past 
gosh, 15 games maybe was the Reds. Right. They played the right. Marlins. But that's the biggest difference is earlier in the season, they were not winning the games they were supposed to win. Right. Now they're winning the games they're supposed to win. So it's giving them a cushion. So like you were talking about when they go out west, if they split those series, they'll probably still be in first place by that time. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it, I think there's reason to get excited because a lot of the weaknesses in the Braves team from last year, which is really odd to say second half of the year, but to be honest, uh, yeah, Acuna's gone and Ozuna's gone. But the past 10 games, the Braves have been playing better than they ever played last year. Uh, I mean, if you want to say they're averaging about five and a half runs per game since, since the trade deadline, and they're averaging about six runs a game last year. That was the best they had ever done offensively last uh, last year. That was the best they had done in the past like a hundred years. Wow! As far as runs per game, but it was only sixty games. It was not mm-hmm. over a hundred and sixty-two game season. And if you looked at their batting average of balls in play, it was the highest in the league, which means they were the luckiest team in the league as far as offense goes. Now you have to put yourself in a good place for that luck to work out. Right. But they still were over a hundred and sixty-two game season would have regressed offensively. It was just a matter of time. And the Braves are doing the opposite this year. They started with a really low batting average of balls in play. They were getting super unlucky. And now it's staying closer and closer to league average. And because of that, you're seeing their run totals go up and up. Not to mention, they're not starting a triple-A outfield anymore. So that really, (laughs) they, they actually have a complete, I mean, they had Jock Peterson batting ninth. Jock Peterson batting ninth. I mean, that's, that's a good lineup. <laughs> I'll take that lineup, uh, which is kind of hilarious when you look at how terrible the National League Central is. If you look at the Brewers' offensive lineup, you maybe know one guy in that lineup. You is know, Willie uh, Adamas starting for him? Yes. I mean, you you got Christian Yelich and Willie Adamas. And uh, as Escobar. far as I mean, if you're a fan yeah. of MLB, you'll know the players, but – if you're just like a casual fan, you'd probably right. look at that lineup and be like, how are they in first place? It's because yeah. they're starting pitching. They have three of the top five starting pitchers in Major League Baseball right now. But I'm just saying it is kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy to see the change that the Braves have made over the past, you know, 15 games, even if it was against bad teams. Yeah, I agree with you too, especially uh, on the peaking too soon. If you didn't peak right now, it's going to be a lot harder to peak in this next month. You, you And not saying that we're peaking, but if you didn't have this stretch that you're having right now, September at that point is almost a write-off unless you're, you're winning some incredible ball games. Right. And it's almost the equivalent of getting insurance runs, really. Yeah. You know, get as many wins right now as you can, and then – Shoot, it's almost like when you go to college or high school or whatever. You grind out at the beginning so that you can skate for the rest of the semester. That's how that's Yes, sir. That's what I do, man. I you know, get all the while the work's easy, you get ahead. And when as the work gets harder, you don't have to stress about it as much. And you can Oh the Phillies. Are they I was just looking up the no, well, I don't know about today. I was looking up last night because I was um they ended up beating the Padres four to three, but I was going to bring up how it's a blessing that we've got Baltimore right now as terrible as what they've been playing, you know, and and then you put the Phillies up against the Padres. You expect the Padres to win one or two of those. So, Yeah, and, man, the Diamondbacks had it kind of awesome that they were playing their best baseball. Yeah. Against the Phillies. Uh, And that goes – it's – I don't know. It is kind of funny because – Early on, it was like, man, maybe the Phillies are the biggest threat to the Braves, not the Mets. But, man, when you look at the Phillies on paper, it's like Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, who is a legitimate Cy Young contender. Uh, but before two, the season, were you saying that, though? No, I was not. Right. No, I was not. Uh, but you got Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, and Bryce Harper. Everybody else is kind of like, uh, okay, <laughs> we'll right. throw them out there, I guess. Um, How did your boy Alec Baum do? He he's not doing well this year. I actually that that was something I got to own. I thought he was going to have a better season than Austin Riley, and uh, you know we're kind of going off 
on a side tangent here, but early in the season, I think it was the first episode of the podcast, I was talking to John Hughes and I said, you know, I think the key to the Braves being successful this year is Austin Riley because he was the weak link in the offense last year. He truly was. He was the weak link. And here he is, the the, the freaking cleanup hitter for the Braves for a legitimate reason. And yeah. so I said the key to the Braves' success recently was the bullpen. I think if you took one player and said that's the reason the Braves have been – if you were able to do that, which mathematically is impossible, but if you were to really look at one person and be like, man, I think he was truly the key was – you took the weakest link in the offense and made him one of your best players on your team. That's been huge. It's been absolutely huge for the Braves. So uh, back to what you do, do you have any advice for anyone that might want to follow in your profession's footsteps? Um, You know, definitely go to school for it. But even outside of that, start a podcast, do it. If you – if you can start your podcast, you, you kind of start proof right there that you can do it. And you also are going to learn things that are applicable to if you actually, if when you get a job, you know, but apply places, it's so hard to actually find, you know, and that's one of the things is uh, pray about it. Pray about it would actually be, if I can give you one, that's the only way I'm in, you know, for your listeners, that's the only way I'm in the position that what I'm in. And um, because the job pops up on Facebook and I apply back to it um, or I apply for it and then end up setting up a meeting. And then basically I had to work for two weeks for free just to like prove that it would work out, you know, um, just kind of sitting back there watching for three or four days and then running the board for a couple of days. And uh, persistence is the key though and anything that you want to do persistence is the key and prayer being number one um if if you're not someone who believes in that i don't know what to tell you uh but positive thoughts positive thoughts same thing you know it all kind of boils down to the same exact things it's just the purposes that we perceive to use them are always different you know um but yeah that's that's it's still insane to me whenever I sit back and think about that I'm actually doing what I'm doing, you know? Right. Yeah. That's pretty solid advice. Uh, I had never heard that story either about how you ended up working for ESPN Northwest Florida. So that's pretty cool. That's really neat. And yeah, that's some, that's some good advice right there. Keep grinding. Persistence is key. And uh, don't forget the man upstairs. Um, Yeah, that's pretty good. So why don't you tell everyone where where they can find your radio shows at? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, for listening live, we're on 104.3 FM here in Panama City. Uh, that's going to be Monday through Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're on Facebook at ESPN Northwest Florida. We post all of our videos there, so you can just go to the videos page. Um, You'll see some from the morning show, which is the Coach James Hale show, and some from the afternoon, the Coach's Daughter show. Uh, Definitely click on those. We set them up by date, so shouldn't be too hard to find. Also on YouTube, ESPN Northwest Florida. And then also while we're live from 4 to 6, Monday through Friday, uh, blabtv.com. And if you're in Pensacola, Mobile, or Fort Walton area, they should have a channel there on your uh, cable network. Awesome. And then you guys have an app, right? Oh, yeah. Good stuff. 104 or just ESPN Northwest Florida in your Google Play Store, in your um, Apple Store. Either way, go download that. And that's a really cool app because not only is it going to have our shows as well, but we have Dan Patrick, Colin Cowherd throughout the day. Um, and it and Braves games. That's a big reason. Braves games. And, you know, if you're in your car and you're hearing an interview that you want to continue to hear, you pop the app open and it's going to get going. So you won't have to miss anything on your walk to work or your walk to the grocery store. So it's a great app to have for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I used it to listen to games, the ones that come on. I, I like the app. It's very user friendly. Uh, it's also, guys, if you seriously, you don't have to be in the local area to get involved with the show because it is on Facebook. It's live on Facebook and YouTube. You can comment. Uh, You can get on the live feed and they do answer questions. They do talk about what you have to say. Um, If ever I'm on there, definitely come on there and talk to me 
um, challenge me and try to make me look stupid. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to do that to Sam. I don't think I've ever witnessed it before. <laughs> oh, no, I've, I've made plenty of mistakes. I'm just really good at hiding them. all right david thank you so much for joining the show again i have great respect for you as a professional a great amount of respect for you as a person and hopefully one day we can call an mlb game together from a booth that'd be pretty cool i know we've talked about that and uh i love every second that you invite me on the coach's daughter show i want you to know that i do not take that for granted i love every second of it it's a blast And I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to come on there and talk about the Braves. I love doing it and I'm glad that I can contribute, but also I'm thankful that you let me do it. So thanks for coming on the show and I look forward to talking to you soon. Absolutely, man. Same everything right back at you. I appreciate you and appreciate you coming on the show with us and we'll be hearing from you this week as well. Awesome. Sounds good. David, thank you again so much for coming on the show. It was a blast. Everyone, make sure you go out and check out ESPN Northwest Florida 104.3 on the radio. You can find their app in the App Store. You can check them out on Facebook, YouTube, and you can get on the live feeds wherever you want to listen to them. It's a, it's a fun, fun show. Great people on the show. I listen personally, and you can listen to me on there probably about once a week or so if, if that's your thing. Uh, thank you so much again for coming back on. I, I really enjoyed that interview, and I know that you guys listening enjoyed it as well. So give David and the Coach's Daughters show some love. Tell them I sent you. All right, that's the show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to this Best of Bay nominated top sports show on Good Pods. Thank you so much for making it that. It's all because of you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for rating five stars. It means the world to me. You can find the show at Braves Dugout Pod on Twitter. You can go like the Facebook page. You can join the Atlanta Braves Dugout Facebook group. For business inquiries, you can email the show at bravesdugout at gmail.com. We have a website. We have all the different socials, so check us out. And as always, go Braves.